With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! RSL fans, it was not pretty whatsoever last night, but it was not pretty, I'll just put it there. Welcome back to another episode here on RSL Sunday Podcast. I'm your host, Marcos, with Connor and Royce here as well. It was probably one of the worst home performances we have ever seen, probably, at the, the riot. And we'll get to that and break down that terrible defeat last night, that 4 nothing loss against St. Louis. But first things first, like every every episode, we got some RSL trivia to get to you guys with you guys first things first. Um, so the question for this week, who was the last RSL player to score a hat trick in RSL history? Definitely needed that last night. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so was it Krylock, Sabario, uh, Plata, or Javi? Uh, I went with Krylock, and I was because I was pretty confident in that. I feel like I remember him scoring one recently or relatively recently. And I think I finally got one right because I was in the majority of the, the vote for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, Krylux definitely scored a hat trick with us. So he's like in the next generation after these players, you could say. So I also went with Krylock. Just, yeah, I felt the most confident about this one so far. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so correct answer was Crylock. It happened in 2018. Um, I believe that that was against uh, Zlatan against Ibrahimovic, and that was our, our big win, the six-two win at oh, home wow. at the Riot. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was uh, our spanking on uh, Zlatan, and <laughs> we haven't seen we haven't seen a hat trick in RSL history since then. So five <laughs> years ago. So, yeah, it's been we really a miss, while. We really miss some goal scoring. Yeah, and that's definitely what we needed last night in a, in a spanking, in a brutal home loss, 4 nothing at home. I don't even, I don't even know where, 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 where should we begin with last night's yeah. terrible loss. Well, I think first off, I think we should start with that they did paint yellow lines for the field because they were expecting a blizzard. And they didn't – it didn't snow at all. It was yeah. just really cold. Um, yeah. They really kind of just let us down. <laughs> I mean, 4-0 at home and then losing our last home game as well just has not been the start to the season at all that we were really wanting, especially at home. So, Yeah, just, I think yeah. I was – I mean, the first half, I won't say it was all bad. Like, the first half, I was feeling super confident going into halftime. I mean, the last thing I was expecting was to walk out of there with a 4 nothing loss at halftime. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. we we had a lot of good going forward. I thought 
Emeka Anelli was surprisingly like super awesome in that role. He looked super comfortable, um, especially for a guy who typically played forward in college, I believe. Um, he looked super good, super comfortable on the ball. And I mean, Pablo, before that mistake, that was a crucial mistake. It's not something you can just look past. Um, he was amazing, but that mistake is what you're going to have to look at in terms of what his game was like yesterday. That, that really did cost us the game because I thought even at two, nothing, we were still pushing a little bit and we, it looked like we were maybe going to be able to get one back and make, turn it into a game. But once Pablo did that, it was curtains over. Yeah. I mean, really the biggest issue is we can't score. Um, it's kind of crazy how bad our attack has been going forward. We thought that maybe could have been a stronger part to our team, I guess, maybe besides up top, but like with Krylock coming back healthy, new winger, and of course, Savarino after having a really good season last year, it just has not been anywhere near what I was expecting, honestly. So um, part of it, I guess you could blame the GM just because of the signings or lack of. Uh, we really are just relying on Anderson Julio to score all the goals for us when that's never really been what he does. He's always kind of been that late substitution dude. But the fact that he's going to have to start most games for us, I'm kind of seeing is a big issue that I hope is solved really before the window is up. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Ameka and Nelly. I feel like with him and Brian Vera both starting the back line in their, their debuts, I think those two players were, were key. Obviously, they, they let in four goals, but it wasn't mainly their fault. But Ameka and Nelly, for him being just a rookie, he he has he has lots of, to improve, but he, he impressed me the most on our back line. And Brian Vera, he is a, a beast. He is a monster. With, yeah. when we have when we have Marcelo Silva and Glad fully healthy we're gonna have a scary back line but first it, it all begins with our attack do you guys believe um to give give credit to St Louis they're obviously a very good team because they got Klaus and Lewin, Lewin and some very good goal scores do you do you blame mostly the international break because of our downfall last night I I wouldn't I don't know if I could go there. I feel like looking at the team on paper, like it's really especially with how good Anelli and Vera, I thought I thought they were the best players on our defense. Um, I don't think we should have played as bad as we should. Like we did, especially I mean, it's at home. We're used to the cold weather. They're not. Like it was a freezing cold night. Like, yeah, probably sucked to play in, but I don't know. It was it was a rough night and I just I think yesterday kind of epitomized what we were talking about last week when we said Zach McMath is just kind of serviceable. Like he's never going to make a big save that'll keep you in the game. He's just kind of there, yeah. makes the easy saves. Like there was, like, I'm not saying those goals were all things he should have saved, but I don't know. You just wished your keeper could at least keep you in it for one of those, like stop yeah. one on one, do something. Yeah, even if he just stops one of those, I would have been shocked. Um, yeah. A couple of them like weren't the most insane finishes, but every single one he was just stone-legged, like wasn't even anticipating where the ball was going to go at all. So that's just something to where, yeah, he's in there. Um, but really, we've yet to play a 
good full 90 minutes yet. Like, I feel like the season mm-hmm. has just been a tale of two halves in every single game. And it's been a mix. Sometimes we play better in the first half and then we suck in the second half. And then, you know, against Vancouver, it was obviously the second half we played well. So it's kind of just we can't get something consistently for a full game. And until we get that, I don't think we're ever going to get consistent results that way. Yeah. Well, and I think the question is, I think that pose like brings up a question is how much of it falls on the players versus the coaches versus the recruitment. And I think, I honestly think it's a little bit of everything. It just seems like it's all going wrong this season. Yeah. Um, I, I've said this last season and I think it definitely after last night's performance, I think it's definitely time to move on from Pablo. Like, yeah, he's maybe had a few good games, but I think we need to fully move on. And I think it starts with the front office. I think we need to get a new GM, a new head coach, and just start from scratch because we, we're obviously seeing what the Utah Jazz are doing. They're yeah. they're doing tank note. They're, they're totally rebuilding. And I think the Jazz, with Ryan Smith as ownership of, of RSL, he needs to wake up and just be like, hey, we need to start doing this for, for RSL as well. Yeah, well, and I, I saw a stat yesterday, last night, um six wins out of 26 games played since june 4th for rsl and i don't know how anyone can justify a coach still being in charge with that record i just i don't know enough's enough for me yeah i mean we've kind of just settled for mediocrity at this point we've been almost the last team into the playoffs the past few years so we're kind of just like, oh, as long as we make the playoffs, we're we're good. And then we win a game barely. We win a game with zero shots for yeah. a full 120 minutes and winning penalties. Like, is that really what we're settling for? Like, yeah, well, and it's no way we should have won that game. We got lucky in the next <laughs> one. Like, we choked to Austin last year. Like, it's just something that definitely needs a change. And it definitely starts with the manager because. I don't know. Something's not getting through them. Um, players just, I feel like they've kind of lost it. We've just been the literal definition of mid for the past 12 months, pretty much, almost. Yeah, literally. And it seems like at this point, yeah, we were only four or five games into the season, but it seems like at this point, a first-place team in the USL could probably beat us and have a good competition because we oh. just oh, are easily. very still, yeah. yeah, we're still clueless in our midfield. One, well, at that's... worst, it would be a zero-zero draw because we're not yeah. scoring anything, so yeah. they don't have to worry about that. Well, and it's just what I was saying yesterday. I was talking to you guys. Is it just feels like lots of times this season, bar like that Vancouver game, we were kind of able to come back from adversity, but everything else, whenever something goes bad, it just feels like it all kind of goes bad. Heads drop. Everyone loses that intensity and it just feels like it's so easy for us to get like frazzled and shaken up out of our like tactics and our formation and the identity that we want to play. And that's, I think that's got to fall on the coach for not having the players ready and drilled in to keep that consistency for that 90 minutes. I mean, obviously it's the player's fault as well, but you do have to start pointing fingers at the coach as well. I think. And I think with having a two-week window to prepare for this game, because we had a bye oh, last yeah. week, we, we should have been way more pre- prepared. Yes, St. Yeah. Louis is a great team. Yes, they're undefeated. But we should have – and we had the international window as well. But we should have 
knowing what we're getting ourselves into, maybe change up the formation, have so-and-so player be starting, but Pablo just didn't seem like he came out prepared at all. Switching Brody to playing left back instead of right back, which he's not very familiar with. So that kind of threw us for a loop. And then having Merrim start, which he hasn't started at all this season. So... Yeah, and it did feel like a few times Brody, when he got it on that left side, there was like, he kind of was like, oh, um, this doesn't feel natural. I'm going to have to cut it back in and send it in with my right foot type of thing. And Mm there was a few times where I was like, dang, like a few good attacks I could have been going from that. But yeah, it was just a frustrating game overall. Well, our offense has just become so monotonous. We literally just do the same thing every single time. Um, Start one side, switch it over to our other fullback. Pass it up to the winger, pass it back, go to a midfield real quick, then back outside, and then just do some awful cross that doesn't even get past the first center back. So, and like we're sending these into Julio, who's not really a physical demon of a specimen that's going to win these things for us. So, at this point, like the tactics are just not there. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. Like, it doesn't feel After like it the fits post. the players that we have either. Like, yeah, he's playing this like long ball, like crossing based footy, where we have a lot of like skillful, pace, pacey mm-hmm. guys who like yeah. to take someone on. Like, I just feel like we could have such a better identity. Like, well, we the fact. The fact Pablo had two weeks to prepare for this game, and then after we lose 4-0, he's going to come out and say, the players executed what I've been telling them the past two weeks. So you're telling me in two weeks that's all you could come up with was these awful tactics that didn't look threatening at all, conceded like awful goals. We really helped St. Louis's compilation goal sheet of scoring these just three goals for the whole season Dude, I, I, I cannot believe it like oh yeah, just keep, can, can, it's like yeah, it's like that yeah, Klaus dude's that? invisible yeah can we talk about that the awful pass from from pablo Ruiz? like yeah. i'm not sure I, I looked i've watched it like several times i'm not sure who he was intending to pass to or what was going through his mind on, on that yeah literally like i i saw a few comments it was like yesterday on twitter is like i swear this klaus dude is invisible for defenders because it's it's him every time and it's literally them just passing it right to him it just oh like after that goal i was just I, also just it was so cold too yeah it just made it so much worse i think it was just a well, miserable night it's just so frustrating because he played so well up until that point he really yeah. hadn't really put a bad foot forward no one really on the team did besides Merrim. Like, he just looked yeah. bad the whole game, obviously. So, but it was just really, like, that first half, we really were, were dominating. We created the better chances. We had, mm-hmm. like, way more possession in both halves. Like, we really dominated it. I thought our midfield looked better until we just made stupid mistakes. And then, yeah. of course, there was another – I mean, I don't like talking bad on our leading goal scorer – who's a center back still going into our fifth <laughs> game. But, man, he at least once a game, he just has some terrible clearance that goes straight to him, and they make one pass, and it's a goal. Yeah. So, I, I still think, because I, I rewatched the highlights, I think that the opportunity that we should have made at the back of the net was right before halftime, Brian Vera, literally mm-hmm. right in front of the goal, drills it, keeper diving safe. I think if Vera wouldn't, would have made that i think that would have changed the whole dynamic going into ha- halftime and possibly maybe we would, we would have stood a chance 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was super frustrating to go into that half nil nil because, but I think it's it comes down to us just not having that end product in our attack. Like lots of times, it, we do good up into creating like a, a half chance, but once it comes down to putting in that final ball or finding that final pass, that's where we lack the quality, and it's just it, it's so obvious once the game starts to get going. Yeah, and I mean, we were missing our most physical center back, Marcelo Silvas. Maybe that would be a reason why we conceded off of another corner again, which is <sighs> just so annoying. But I really hope once we have a full back line, I think Brian Vera is really going to help us out physically. I really liked what I saw from him last night. Yeah, um, He had a couple dumb passes in the second half, but everyone on the team did. And it was yeah. also his first game, so... But I honestly was more impressed with him than I was expecting. So that's some. That's honestly probably the one takeaway. And then also, of course, with Anelli, he also impressed me. Yeah, well, but, and especially so, he went on the pod, the other podcast, another RSL podcast uh, earlier this week, and we were we heard that he had told them that he didn't think he was quite ready yet. Like the elevation had been tough for him to adjust to, and so I thought from that that there was no shot of us seeing him so it was super cool to see him for one playing it all and two to just he looked super good out there I think it'll be awesome once we get everyone back yeah and let's jump right into like what who's the man of the match and what what impressed you moving from from the from this so far I think that's that's a tough question to find a man of the match from that game but Mm -hmm. I'd I'd probably go Anelli. I don't I don't think anyone was particularly crazy or brilliant, but I just thought for the circumstances for Anelli just getting kind of thrown in there on a whim. I mean, who knows? He I'm sure he had heard about it within those two weeks and was doing a lot of training there, but I was still super impressed to make his debut and just to come in and look that composed on the ball. Like there was a lot of times where he received it with like super minimal amounts of space on the outsides and he was able to do something with it. And lots of times most guys will just end up kicking it out or doing something clumsy in those circumstances. But I thought he was, he was super good and he looked super composed and understood his role super well. Yeah. Um, I'll just go with Brian Vera. Um, he's pretty solid. Not much I could say about anyone else that I thought was positive. I did think Julio had a pretty good game. Um, his, like, touch seemed a lot tighter, and I thought he looked more threatening than usual. But at the end of the day, it didn't produce anything, so can't give him a whole lot of credit. Um, that's who I'll go with, but kind of for, like, worst player yesterday, there's definitely a few. I mean, if we're going yeah. off just the second half, like – Ruiz was just beyond frustrating. So that's a tough one. Um, Gomez had like a couple chances I thought he could have done better on. He definitely should have scored his first career goal, but he also did have a nice pass to Brody, who literally kicked it like a U12 year old right at the goalie. So that was frustrating uh, as well. Yeah. So that's kind of where I think. Um, I think he's looking better, though. He had some nice touches again. So, what about you, Marcos? Who was your man of the match? Uh, probably that was a frustrating one. I'm gonna have to go with Brian Vera as well. Impressive in his debut. Um, he's built like a center back, like a tank, 
So exciting, I, I think exciting. he was like a couple inches taller than Glad now. Yeah, I I believe so. So I I think there is a lot to look forward to with him with him coming. So I I, I think with him getting this first start last night, it'll be a lot to improve on. Um, player that did not impress me whatsoever was Merum. Still confused why he started, what Pablo sees in him. He's somebody that should just be coming off the bench and maybe playing minimal minutes, Monarch's minutes at most. So, <laughs> <laughs> Monarch's minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he just – he doesn't seem like he just offers much. I mean, it's not like he didn't have his, his clumsy fall yesterday like he did the week before, but it just still yeah. – it's, it's hard to see what he brings that he just doesn't have the intensity he can't keep up with other yeah. players merrim and caldwell are those the two players who i always close my eyes whenever they get the star or whenever they get minutes yeah but that, that that was a tough one last night so with every tough one of course there is usually some some happy news um the only happy news that happened this week for rsl fans was Krylock. Krylock he resigned with rsl um what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Do you guys think it's a, that was a good good move by, by him to re-sign with the, the club? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was a good move by him. The club seems to be going <laughs> not in the best direction, but I think we needed that for sure to just get someone tied down to have some sort of consistency in these next few years because, I don't know, the squad age is definitely not – like an average that's very young so it'll be it'll be interesting these next couple of years it's going to be a big overhaul i think yeah i mean he is our captain so obviously anytime you can keep him around that'd be good um i honestly just see him retiring here at some point so whenever that day comes he'll definitely be retiring as a top five rso player ever probably in my opinion we'll see yeah. but um yeah that was some good news uh I mean, he scored in the first game, but really hasn't mm -hmm. provided a whole lot since then. Um, I think he'll just get back into it. He did miss all of last season, so maybe we'll see a mid-season or late-season surge from him, I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, he is getting up there in age, um, so hopefully he does start to show signs of improvement um, this season. And speaking of signs of age, uh, we'll just shout out happy birthday to uh, Marcelo Silva, who uh, turned a, a whopping 34 this week. So, <laughs> happy yeah, so birthday, hey, Grandpa. Yeah, him and Krylock, <laughs> yeah, 34 this season. So, uh, we got quite some old players for on our team. Yeah, no, definitely. But um, looking towards next week, we've got uh, a tough Columbus team who just freaking – put the beating on Atlanta United, just beat them 6-1. I'm not Sheesh. looking very excited about that. Uh, what are your guys' <laughs> thoughts? Yeah, um, I think it'll be similar to this week, honestly. Uh, a lot of the pride I had in this team definitely was deflated last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, I woke up a lot more negative than I probably was, like, even last week, considering, but – at this point, we need a new manager and we need a new striker that can actually score goals for us. So, until yeah. that happens, I don't see us really beating any decent teams. Um, any good team we've played this season has destroyed us pretty much. 
even if the goal count didn't show that. But Vancouver's almost bottom of the table, and that's the only team we've beaten. So until we finally beat someone um, decent, I'm probably just going to go, honestly, a 3 nil loss this week. <laughs> yeah, I was going to um, say last week, I think I think I technically win it. I went 4-1, but I guess yeah, a little, a little too much credit. <laughs> um, Columbus is a very good team they have Christian Ramirez who they just picked up um, and they also have Zelarian they have Chucho Hernandez so very good goal scorers just like Seattle does when we played Seattle So, and I don't think our midfield is going to be able to keep up with them because who knows if we'll have any players back from international duty if we'll have the likes of Rubin or if Silva will be fully healthy so I think this one will be a tough one. I, I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to have to go a 4 nothing loss once again. <laughs> back to back. Okay, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope for a little bit of a bounce back. I'm going to say, <laughs> mm, all right, I'll be, I'll be the optimistic one this week. I'm going to go one nothing RSL. We're going to scrape something out. It's going to give us a, a tiny bit of faith. But then, unfortunately, it's going to let Pablo live another week. Uh, are you predicting a Justin Gladgo, our leading goal scorer this season? The, <laughs> I would love to see anyone but Glad score. Let's say that. <laughs> I like it. At least one of us has to be optimistic yeah. moving forward. And I was I was tired of losing last week, so that's why I went against my guns and picked the 4-1. But I'm back to it this week. one nothing okay. RSL. Let's go. Let's just hope you're you're correct. Yeah. But <laughs> awesome. But thank you guys for listening to a, another episode with us here on RSL Sunday Podcast. It was not a pretty one, like we said last night. Four nothing loss against St. Louis. Um, but jump to our Twitter page at RSL Sunday Pod where you can catch all of our RSL content and as well as our trivia that we post once a week. But until then, take care, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Peace. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.